You are listening to The Modern Mormon, episode number one. Hey there, I'm Cami Satterley, and I'm The Modern Mormon. I'm an advanced certified life coach who's dropped the all-or-nothing approach to life and religion. I can't wait to show you how. I've got you, girl. Let's go. Hey, all you beautiful souls. So I want to start the podcast today with an entry from my journal. And to give you a little background on this, this was 2006. So this was like a couple months after I had just married Steve. And I was struggling mentally with everything that went down, if you listen to my intro, um, that had gone down in the previous year. So basically, Steve and I were just getting to know each other at that same time. I was trying to figure out who I was or even what I was at that point, because I had totally flipped lives from LDS to what have I done, who am I, and where do I even start, right? So Steve had just gotten hired on as a firefighter for the Boise Fire Department. And when you get hired on, you go through this like probation period, and it's like six months long. Um, Basically, it's all day and just working with the same guys, learning the stuff, taking a bunch of tests. Anyway, on Fridays and Saturdays, sometimes they would go out for drinks after their fire academy. So being raised LDS, I mean, I used to dump guys in high school for drinking at a party. Like I was not a fan of drinking. Um, I had never done it. And so my brain was all up in arms about this every single week. He would leave and I would hysterically cry on the floor, picturing worst case scenario. And do you remember the old school, like Book of Mormon videos that you used to watch when you were little of like Lehi's dream, that great and spacious building, All you saw was like girls dancing, feeding fat king's grapes, everyone's hammered. Okay, that's where my brain basically went. Like I basically just saw Vegas every time he would go out. So anyway, my brain pictured that and totally threw me into this hyperventilating puddle on the floor. Looking back on it, my husband was going to dinner and he was having a beer. But because I didn't understand this, my brain went to worst case or even like my worst imagination, really. So my brain made his beer mean so much about myself and my life. In those moments, I made it mean that Steve and I would never last because we could never be the same. Um, I knew he would never choose to be LDS. And so basically my brain went to, I need to let it go. So back to my journal. In 2006, I wrote, I think I need to try drinking. I don't understand it. And it's causing a disconnect in my marriage. I know once I do, it will be the beginning to the end of my Mormon life. Wow, that was dramatic. No, but really, I want to shake that girl for her ignorance, but then I kind of also want to hug her for her innocence. The thing about it, though, is I remember at that time I had reached out to some of my LDS friends, and a lot of their responses were, well, I guess if you feel you need to drink, or I think that's ridiculous, you're using that to try and drink, like... It was never out of compassion. It was never like, hey, let's talk about this. Let's break it down. What are you actually feeling? What is the actual problem here? Because this whole time, my brain thought it was drinking. But the reality was I had an all or nothing mindset. I needed my husband to be a certain way so that I could feel that we would be a forever family. And I don't blame my friends for the responses either. They too had an all or nothing mindset. It's like if you're going to be in the church, but doing those things, you are the Jack Mormon, right? And I did not want to be labeled as that. I would rather just not be Mormon than be a fraud. Well, I was right about one thing. It did become the beginning to the end of my Mormon life, but only for 15 years. That's the good news. 
Um, where I was wrong was that the drinking was what was actually causing the disconnect in my marriage. And that was wrong. It was my all or nothing mindset. I was judging my husband, therefore judging myself, and then therefore having this thought like, we will never make it. Obviously, that's going to cause a disconnect. As women especially, I feel like we tend to plan our lives out in advance. Like I remember planning who I'm going to marry, even making boxes, wedding boxes and young women's like the returned missionary in the temple, bring on the babies, that type of thing, right? We had a plan. Well, my sister and I actually call this cardio fantasies. When we like to work out, we fantasize about upcoming events or trips or something and how it's going to go. And it gets us all pumped and we have a better workout. So we end up having these cardio fantasies about our lives. And then when things don't go according to plan, it messes it all up in our brains. We say things like, this shouldn't have been this way. It shouldn't have happened. This was not supposed to happen. And then we, of course, feel terrible. We make that mean something's gone wrong. Not just that it's gone wrong in our life, but that circumstance or that hiccup, that event meant something about us personally. So we make it mean we are bad. The problem with this is that then we are so full of shame. And the options with shame are to hide, cover up, or to just quit altogether. Well, I did both. What I noticed throughout the years, though, of doing this and then looking back on it is that as an LDS woman, when I felt that shame, I thought it was God. My subconscious told me that that shame I was feeling was actually God being so angry with me. Like, you should feel terrible about yourself. You're doing bad things. There's a major difference between guilt and shame. So guilt says, yeah, that probably wasn't the best choice. Um, that, like That decision had a really bad consequence. Shame says you are bad. You'll know the difference based off of what you do, so the actions that you take. If you continue to educate yourself and have the awareness in front of your mind, you start intentionally thinking and moving in a direction that like aligns with your spirit and your beliefs, um, that's guilt. When you keep it a secret, when you buffer, you cover up, you try to forget and you pretend it didn't happen, then you start repeating those same patterns, that's shame. For years, I thought that this was just God talking to me, but I realized later that it was probably the adversary. If there's an adversary, he's sneaky. And he knew that if he visually showed me like the destruction of something, like if he showed me how bad us um, partaking in something would be, like drinking or whatever, and I saw the destruction, I wouldn't have chosen it. It's not my style to choose something like that. It needed to be something felt and in the most sneaky, subtle, and hurtful way. So once I totally ditched all of my beliefs, Steve and I actually became really close over the years. Of course, that's going to happen um, when I was trying to be whatever he needed me to be. So even if that meant, you know, dropping everything, I was willing to do it for his sake. That became a problem later on in life when I realized I was trying to manipulate him into liking me by behaving in a certain way. So I am not sad about all of my past and whatever. It's actually been the most amazing thing. It was all supposed to happen this way in order for me to truly have a sincere belief and a true testimony. So that's the best part of this entire thing. So all of these hardships that you're dealing with, whether that's individually within your marriage or you know parenting your kids, your teenagers, these are all lessons that you and them need to learn. We spend so much of our energy trying to fix these things because of our fantasies have told us that they're wrong or they're broken. So we start obsessing over them and then we start damaging relationships and we start 
acting and performing in ways that we don't even want, that aren't even aligned with who we truly are. So instead of hiding, instead of shaming, instead of trying to put rules and enforce things and demand that somebody behave a certain way in within your marriage or in any relationship, it's all about getting curious about things, seeking to understand, having patience with that other person and, and, and with yourself. So for example, this is a hot topic right now. Say your husband wants to leave the church. For L- an LDS woman, this is like just the biggest most catastrophic thing. It just makes you go to worst case scenario and everything that your cardio fantasies have led you to believe up until this point. It's like, no, I did all the right things. We were supposed to be a forever family. And now he wants to peace out and and break you know, these covenants and the vows that he made to me. Instead of going to that, pause. So I want you to feel that disappointment. Just allow yourself to feel disappointed in what you thought your life was going to be like, but then open up. And seek to understand, listen to him, because what this will cause is a safe place for him to go, a place where he can truly talk about how he's feeling. And through all of this, um, you will also learn and grow. You guys can grow together instead of apart. It really is possible. Same thing with your teenagers. Your child doesn't want to go to seminary. All right, fine. It's totally cool. Tell me everything. Tell me why you don't want to go. Tell me what's going on for you. Instead of just saying, no, you will go. And this is why that makes a child feel obligated. And now they resent the church. And now everything that your brain went to worst case is going to happen because you're pushing it. This black and white, all or nothing mentality becomes such a problem because it hardens our hearts. It makes us not operate from love and more from judgment and from expectations for people. You know, Jesus didn't walk around saying, do this and do that. He taught in parables and stories so that they could interpret them towards their own life and what that meant for them personally, wherever they were at in their faith journey. I'm currently reading the New Testament right now. And what I noticed is that he asks us to love and always remember him. And so for me personally, with the story I shared, The second that I stopped loving myself, I started judging myself, and then I stopped remembering him. And that's when the shame set in. So I could have tried drinking, kept drinking, and still prayed for guidance and help. I could have stayed in that state of progression, um, still attending church, although back then it was three hours, I believe. So that probably was a hard no for me. I definitely think my journey was exactly how it should have been. But my point is, is when you question your beliefs about things and you decide to quit and throw in the towel, that's when the shame hits. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that all or nothing. So why does our brain love to go to this all or nothing type of thinking? The reason is because human beings love to be right. If we believe a certain way, but our behavior conflicts with that belief, now we have cognitive dissonance. So for example, I drink coffee. I also believe the word of wisdom. I think it's a great policy. I think it's a great law of health. Anyone that would argue that to me would be insane. It's basically just saying, don't put crap in your body. Let's keep ourselves healthy. How can you argue with that, right? That doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. The reason that I drink coffee is because I lack some energy, especially with being a mom running around trying to build a business. I also use it for digestive reasons. I also am now addicted to the taste. That's the part of me that wants to progressively work to quitting coffee. I do not use drinking coffee um, to say like, this church isn't true because they don't believe in coffee. I don't say that. 
I say I am just something I'm working on. I believe that I would be better off without drinking it. For sure, my body would probably be better off not having to need something in order to have energy, but it's not something that I am ready to quit yet. Maybe it's not coffee for you. Maybe it's Diet Coke. Maybe it's just overeating in general. So a question I love to ask myself is, do I want to be a person that drinks coffee? And the answer to that is no. No, I don't. So I know a goal I want to have in my future and possibly, you know, as far as temple attendance and all of that stuff, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready for the temple. I don't like to say the word I'm unworthy for the temple because it causes feelings of not perfect and that my worth is somehow tied to my behaviors, but I'm just not there yet. And it's okay. When we can view our decisions not as right and wrong, good, bad, but right and wrong, good and bad, that's how we evolve as human beings. This will also prevent striving for perfection and doing things out of obligation instead of because we are actually fully committed to them. When you are able to question your beliefs, question why you do what you do and why you value what you do, you start living authentically and bravely. You start fully living the gospel from choice and not obligation. What this does is that it drops the judgments that you will have for yourself and then, of course, other people. You'll stop resenting God and you'll be open with, what do I have to learn here versus I know everything because it's right and good versus wrong and bad. You will be more likely to hit your goals from a positive, empowering, and chosen place if you say, I'm okay right where I'm at, versus saying, I'm not good enough. We cannot beat ourselves better. So all or nothing can also show up in simpler ways. So how many of you let your laundry pile up because you have to get it all done at once? Like one load is not going to do anything. You have to pile all your laundry and then just commit an entire day to doing all all of it. Or is that just me? (laughs) I do that all the time. Or we do this with diets. Like I remember going over to my in-laws every single weekend and then we would eat a bunch of crap. And then I always would say the diet starts Monday, right? Why couldn't the diet start then? It's because we have this all or nothing. No, I got to start on Monday. I got to give myself the entire week to do it. I can't have any treats, any snacks that whole week. I'm going to deprive myself. And then on the weekend, I'm going to fail again, right? That's that all or nothing mindset. We do it with working out too. Same thing. It's like, we can't just work out one or two days. It's like, no, I have to be so fully committed. And if not, everything goes to crap. I recently recognized this all or nothing in just my kids being home for the summer. I have established this mindset that I cannot clean a house if there are kids in it. So you can only imagine what my house looks like right now with all of my kids home for summer. It's a disaster, but I have established chores for my kids. So the good news is, is that they're seeing how much of a difference just their little efforts make. So where do you have this all or nothing mentality? If you find yourself wanting to quit, give up, start over, I challenge you to pause, give it time, ask yourself what results do you truly want and what small decision can you make in that direction today? Wherever that's like with your faith, your marriage, your goals, or even just your laundry, I'm here to help. If you're ready to drop the all or nothing in your life, then I would be honored to be your life coach. Head over to themodernmormon.com to start your journey in becoming the confident, authentic, and best version of you. 